All right. Good morning. My name is Kara Harper, as Chris just said. My husband and I lead the team that leads the church, which is such an honor and a privilege. Um, I have had my head down in school for the last year and a half, and so I'm excited to be back up here sharing the word of God with you guys and really feel like God's given me something great. I know it has already transformed some things in my life, and I'm praying that will also transform some things in your life. Um, so we're going to go deep this morning. You guys okay with that? You say that now. We're going to take care of some business. God cares deeply about the things, all the things. And if you just look at this table, there's lots of things, and we're going to kind of break these down towards the end of the message. But he cares about all the things in our life. He cares about the input, the things that go in, and he cares about the output, the things that go out from our lives. Today we're going to talk about some soul care stuff. Everybody say, soul care. Yeah, you're loving it, aren't you? I'm pretty sure I just saw some eyes roll, some moans under, I think I got to go, I forgot I have a meeting, right? Stay put. I know we don't like to talk about these things because they're painful and they're personal and they're private, but it is what makes us who we are, and the, the more that we bring things to the Lord and deal with those root issues and those soul things, the closer we are to God and the more freedom that we find, right? 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 Okay. All right, so let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are my everything, my all in all, the very air that I breathe, and I'm so thankful that you care about me, and you care about each and every one of us. You show that in the smallest of details. I was talking to a friend on the phone yesterday, and she had the smallest little thing that you did for her on a word search book just to remind her that you love her. And you show us in the smallest ways and the biggest ways. And God, we're so thankful that you care for our souls. This morning, my prayer is that we would be open to whatever it is that you want to say, whatever it is that you want to do, and we would just hear you out. We would hear you. We would hear the spirit and what you are saying. God, I pray that my words would not be my own, but they would be yours. Lord, I pray that the scripture that we read today would bring life. Your word is nourishment. It is, it is food. It is life. It is sustenance. It brings freedom and hope and joy. God, we dedicate this time to you and ask that you would have your way. Be mighty in this place. Transformation, that's what you do. You're in the business of transforming lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to spend a little bit of time building some framework so that we have something to build from, okay? So before we get going, we're going to need to understand that each of us have three parts. Everybody say three parts. We have three parts. We have spirit, soul, and body, okay? Do we know this already? Yes, good. First Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of here comes the three parts, soul, spirit, and the joints and marrow, which is the body, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. 
I am a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. Let's say that together. I am a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. So we're going to break these three things down. The first one is spirit. It's the Greek word, tenuma. We are spirit. This is how God communicates to us, and it's how we communicate to God. It's through our spirit, okay? This is a very important part. When we get born again, we have that spirit, and that's how we communicate to the Lord. Romans 8.16 says, The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are, in fact, children of God. And let me give you a little tip. As we read these scriptures today, we're going to see the word spirit a lot. It has an uppercase S. Ta-da! It's talking about the Holy Spirit. Very good. If it has a lowercase S, it's talking about our spirit, the body, soul, the spirit. Okay? So, um, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12. However, it is written, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, for you. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit, right? The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. That's a lot of words, right? But it's so good. It's explaining to us that we are spirit, that we have God's Holy Spirit, and that's how we communicate, our spirit to the spirit of God, okay? 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away. All things have become new. John 3, 6, that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. Okay? We can all agree we're spirit beings, right? Yeah? Okay. The next part, part two, is soul. The Greek word is pronounced souffle. This is the first, um, the first place that we see it in the Bible is in the very beginning where we see the soul. It's in the book of Genesis, right away in chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed a man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Other translations say the man became a living soul. So that's where we get the breath of God in us, and that's where we become and have a soul. The soul is the God-given capacity for each person to think, reason. Um, That's where we have our emotions, our intellect, This is where we have the mental capacity to exercise reflective thinking. The Vines Dictionary um, says it's the seat of the intellect, our soul, by which a person perceives, reflects, feels, and desires, right? Sometimes when we think of the soul, we think of like, oh, it's so bad, right? The soul is so bad, it wants all these things. It's kind of true. We're going to talk about that. 1 Peter 2.11 Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul, right? So the spirit part of us is communing with God. We're hearing from God. We're talking to God. The soul is warring. It's our mental capacity. It's our feelings. It's our emotions. And this is where Satan has so much fun. He loves to get in here and tell us things and mess with us and tell us our emotions are in control, our mind is in control, 
and he loves to play with our soul. He makes his appeal to our affections, right, our emotions. The soul is where the decisions are made. That should make you a little nervous, right? If our soul is bound by emotions and all of these things, but the soul is also what makes the decisions. So it's our responsibility to what? Renew the mind, right? And we're going to talk about how to do that. We listen to what God is saying in the spirit, and we get in alignment with the spirit. Here's the good news. Your soul can change. Isn't that good news? Psalm 23, I think most of us know. We're not going to read the whole thing. But it talks about how he restores my soul. And I don't know about you, but when I read that part, it's like, ah, he restores my soul. That uh, phrase means to turn back. So David was talking about there were times where his affections and his desires were over here, and the Lord turned his soul back. The Lord, he allowed the Lord to turn his affection back to God. Hey, two down, one to go. Ready? Last one is body. Very good. This is an easy Greek word to pronounce, soma. Super easy. This is obviously the physical part of our body, the physical container that holds us to this earth. So some of you like your containers. Some of you don't. Some of you are like, hey, can I exchange my container for a new one? Right? Too bad. You get the container you get. You can take care of it, make it as best as you can. Good news is when you go to heaven, you get a new one. Right? 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 54. I'm not going to read them all. But it talks about how the flesh cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It's a container. Right? We can be changed in a twinkling of an eye, and we get a new body. Okay? The reason I'm going through all these scriptures, sometimes we hear things in church, and we just are like, oh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to get a new body, but you never actually read it. I want to make sure you know that what I'm telling you is scripture. And if you hear anything and you're like, I don't know, research it. And if you hear that I'm wrong or Mark's wrong or another pastor or teacher is wrong, please tell us. Right? We're human, but that's why we're reading all these scriptures, so that you know that we are three parts. Right? Ecclesiastes 12:7. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Okay, so our mortal body is perishable. 2 Corinthians 5, 6, and 8. While we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. And then verse 8 says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that's how we know when our body dies, if we are saved and we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are immediately with him in heaven. Thank you, Jesus, right? 1 Corinthians 6.19, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. So our body, our container houses the Holy Spirit. I love that song that we sang this morning that talks about you are closer, closer than my skin. He literally lives inside of us. We breathe him in. Isn't that unbelievable? He's not some far off God that we hope will listen to us when we say the right thing or do the right thing, right? He is right here with us right now inside of us. We've invited him in. All right. So raise your hand if you feel like you have a better understanding of body, soul, and spirit. Some of you know this well, and you could have taught it as well. Some of you, it might be new information. That's awesome. So we're all kind of on the same page. We have a good foundation. The entire, um, those three things could be an entire series, you guys. There are, there are books written on those three things. So if you want to learn more, I can give you some references. 
it's really, really interesting. I found myself like digging in so deep. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to focus because it's just, it's really fascinating how God created us. Three parts. He's three parts, right? We're three parts. There's just so many cool things. Okay, I'm not going to go there. Okay, so here's where we're going. A prosperous soul. Everybody say a prosperous soul, okay? So thank you for allowing me time to teach kind of those three things so we can have a scriptural perspective on how we're created. Now we're going to get to what I feel like the Lord has given me for this morning. So remember earlier how I said we're going to do some soul care. Okay, so we're going to zoom in right now on the, the part of the soul that we learned about. It's important to know that God wants our soul to prosper. I think sometimes we think our soul is like this bad, hard I got to keep it in check all the time, and I'm all alone to do it, right? Like, I got to figure it out. When I was a teenager, I was 18 years old, I literally told the Lord, I want to serve you, and I will serve you, but I want to turn 21. I want to party, 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 do all the things I want to do, and when I turn 21, I'm yours. I'll give you the rest of my life. That's what I told him. Thankfully, he did not listen to me, and he captured my heart once again at 19, and I didn't have to do that, right? So all that to say, um, our soul isn't alone. God gives us scripture, and he gives us his breath of life to help with this. And I'm going to give you an illustration that will help. We're going to share two key scriptures for the soul prospering. The first one is 3 John 1, 2. And this is in the Passion Translation. It says, Beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way, and that you continually enjoy good health just as your soul is prospering. So John wouldn't be telling his friends this if it wasn't possible, right? God wants us to have a prospering soul. James 1.21, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. And that word save means prosper. It's the same word as in the last scripture, which is able to prosper your souls. So how do we allow our soul to prosper? Good stinking question. How do we do that? Remember, our soul is our mind, our intellect, our will. That's a pretty strong one, right? And our emotions. Okay? So the first thing is we've got to know God's word, you guys. We gotta know God's word. James 1:21. We read it earlier. Receive the implanted word, which is able. The word is able to prosper your soul. You are not able to prosper your soul. I am not able to prosper my soul. But the word of God is the thing. That's what will will uh, help my soul be prosperous. Ask the Lord for wisdom to understand it. Have you ever read the Bible and you're like, I have no idea what that just said. All the time, right? Thankfully, we live in 2022. We have all sorts of resources and concordances and websites and all sorts of things. So we can dig deep and probably kind of figure out what it is. Or we can ask each other. But we really just should ask the Lord for wisdom, and he'll show you. And then we get to apply that truth to our life. And that's the part that is really hard, right? So the soul chooses. God's word has the ability to uncover hidden aspects and make them known. That should scare you, and that scares me. I'm going to read it again. God's word has the ability to uncover 
hidden aspects and make them known. Ah, they're hidden for a reason, right? Don't do that. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul, spirit, and the joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So God even knows the thoughts and intents of our heart. Just a thought here. Maybe this is why the enemy attacks us so much to stay out of the word of God. Have you ever said, starting tomorrow, I'm going to get up and read my Bible. And then tomorrow you're like, starting tomorrow, I'm going to read my Bible. And then maybe that tomorrow you actually read your Bible and you're like, and you start falling asleep. Oh, you're so hungry. I forgot to text Zoe. All these things. Kids start screaming. Your phone's blown up with work stuff, right? The enemy does not want us in the word of God. The word of God helps our soul prosper, right? All right, so I need volunteers. Ronan, are you still good to help me? Okay, come on up. All right, who else? Anybody else? All right, Sammy, you want to come up? All right, Sammy's going to be the spirit. This is great for you, Sammy, because I've always felt like you're going to be a pastor. No pressure. Just kidding. All right, Sammy, you're going to come over to this side. Walk, walk with me right over here. Very good. All right, so we've got spirit, we've got soul, and we've got body, which is the flesh. Spirit, this is the one that talks to God. This is flesh. They want to do their own thing, right? Houses the spirit. Soul. Emotions. Will. Intellect. Um, what's the other one? Yeah. Emotions, will, and intellect. Great. Okay. So, as we listen to the spirit, God speaks to us. As we read his word, the soul, you can scoot over to the spirit. You're the one that's going to move. You're going to go this way. The soul comes closer into alignment with the spirit. Okay? When we know his word, we're not just listening to the word, we're following the word. He, we're listening, we're hearing, we're doing, we're connecting, we're worshiping. The soul gets closer to the spirit and they become more in alignment. Okay? However, our soul is also very influenced by the world and the flesh. And Kira over here is, is the flesh. And sometimes she doesn't like to listen to God, and she likes to do her own things because it feels good. And, you know, it's kind of the, the wild side of life, right? And so sometimes Kira and the body is gravitating the soul this way with sin and lustful desires and filthiness and all these terrible things. <laughs> You're not the right person for the job, I'm just saying. <laughs> not the right person for the job. She's just acting, okay? So the soul, when we do that, the soul then comes into more alignment with the flesh, right? If you're a believer and you know the Holy Spirit and you have a relationship with God, you know how this feels. When your soul is gravitating over here, it feels yucky. It feels like you want to hide it. It feels like just 
there's just that tension and that struggle, right? But it also feels good. Let's be honest. Sin feels good. Temporarily, it's fun. But it brings destruction. We know that. But if it didn't feel good and if it wasn't fun, this wouldn't be a problem. We'd just be over here all the time, right? But there is a pull here. So when we listen to the flesh and what it wants, the soul goes this way. When we listen to the spirit and what God says and we're reading our word, right, then our soul moves closer to the spirit, okay? So flex your muscles, Sammy. Kira, flex your muscles. Oh, flex them, yeah. These guys don't like each other. They are on polar. They really do. But they're polar opposites. The flesh is warring for the flesh, and the spirit's warring for the spirit. And the soul that each one of us has is stuck in the middle, right? And so the way this guy, Ronan, is going to get muscles is by being with the spirit, right? He's either going to have spiritual muscles or he's going to have fleshly muscles. And it depends on who he's closer to. If he's over here, he's going to have spiritual muscles. If he's closer to this naughty one and likes to sin, she doesn't have very many muscles. <laughs> you're, you're, you're the better flesh. You're a little bit better a flesh example, right? Then he would have, the soul would have very fleshly muscles, okay? Let's give it up for our volunteers. Should have give Kira the spirit. I knew it. I love you, Kira. All right. So Galatians 5.17 says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit lusts against the flesh. These are in contrary to one another. That's why we constantly feel like we're in a battle, you guys. They don't like each other. They don't play well together. They don't work together. They have zero. Say zero. They have zero things in common. So you're like, oh, I really want to do this. Oh, that feels yucky. God convicts me. I read the word, and I'm like, oh, I'm coming back. And I repent, and I come back. And before I know it, I'm like, I'm still here, God. I'm still here. But your heart's like going this way, right? It's this constant thing. But let me tell you, when you continue in the things of God, you build up those muscles, and it's easier to say no to those things, right? I love what James says in James 1.22. He says, don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. So always let the word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. Other translations that you may know a little bit better say, be a doer of the word, not just a hearer, right? If we don't respond or ignore the word, what the, uh, sorry, what the Lord has spoken through his word, we align ourselves with the flesh. It's a choice. I used to teach this to my kids when they were little, huh? You have a choice. It's a choice. What's your choice? You made a choice. And one day the Lord was like, you made a choice. What's your choice? You have a choice, right? We choose every day all of these things, what we're going to watch, what we're going to do, what we're going to say, what we're going to read, what we're going to think, all of those things, right? So our will, our mind, our emotions, that's the soul. All right. Learn and become satisfied with God. Learn his word and become satisfied with God. 
I don't think we're automatically satisfied with God. I really feel like it's something that we learn, we grow in his word, and we learn to be satisfied with him. Because we're satisfied by so many other things, right? If you are filling yourself up with brownies, you're not going to want green beans, something good for you, right? If you fill yourself up with all these worldly things, you don't want God because you're just like so full of all this other stuff. We long for the goodness of God. Let's say this together. A soul, let me read it first. A soul that prospers is the soul satisfied with God. Here we go. Let's read it together. A soul that prospers is a soul satisfied by God. Right? All right, so here comes a practical application. So we've got two baskets. Okay? These represent two separate things. This one is going to be the things that we give to God. Here, God, these are my things, all yours. We, we gladly surrender. We give it to you. Okay? These are the things that we don't give to God. We like to hoard our things. We like to hide our things. We like to control our things. Right? So that's what's going to go in this one. So this one is the flesh. No thanks, God. Don't need your help. We're withholding. We are not applying God's truth to the things here. Okay? This one. Yes, please. Yes, please, God. I give this to you. Giving it all. Applying God's word to it. Okay? All right. So I have lots of things over here. Which should I start with? I'll start with something easy. Our time. Woo, 24 hours a day. Not a minute less, not a minute more. Can't be negotiated. 24 hours. That's it. Right? For some of you, it might go here. I give it to God. I don't have a problem with that. Some of you, it's like, that's my biggest thing. <laughs> right? I get it. We all have jobs. We have bills to pay. If you don't make time for him, guess what? You're not going to have time. The days are going to roll by, weeks, months, years even. And you're going to be like, my Bible's dusty. I can't sing a song even right now. I can't remember the lyrics to a worship song. I don't know any scriptures. It's just the same time. But you, you have to carve out time, right? So I'm just going to drop them in baskets. In your heart, you decide. Ask the Lord, where is that in my life? So I'm just going to say over here, time. I'm giving God my time. He's in control of my time. Okay. Next one. Dun, dun, dun. Roku, anybody have some remotes at home? Anybody watch some shows at home? Don't tell me what you watch. What are you watching? What are you, what are you viewing? What are you allowing in that's going to come out? Friends, what goes in comes out, period. You might think you're hiding it. You might think it's, it's in there and it's coming out, right? So what are you watching? This is also representative of our devices, Right? Our devices are very private. I know teenagers swap phones all the time. I'm like, don't touch my phone. I have stuff on there. It's organized. I don't like people in my phone. Not because I'm trying to hide stuff. It's just I don't like it. Right? But what's on our phones? What's on our devices? What apps do we have? What shows do we have on lockdown? What web pages are we not showing? Right? I'll let you decide. We'll stick it over here. No, thank you. All right. Okay, these are super fun. If you're older like me, you 
might remember these little things. I'm a preschool teacher. We have little stethoscopes, little temperature gauges, which now go on your head. They don't go under your tongue. And a little, little new thing. So these represent your health. Raise your hand if you have a health issue or have had a health issue, right? Like all of us at some point, right? Some of us have chronic things that we battle every day. Some of us get really, really sick. Some of us, it's not an issue. And you're like, I don't have health issues. Sometimes that's really hard to give to God, especially if you pray and you believe and you're quoting scripture and you're doing all the things and you're going to the doctor and doing all the things and you still don't get healed, right? This is hard to give to God. I'm just going to pick a basket. Today, health, giving it to God. All right, this one, cute little thing. Finances. Can you give to God when you don't have? When you do have, it feels a little easier. You may still not do it. It's scriptural to tithe and give offerings, you guys. It's in the Bible. The blessings, it says, the windows of heaven will be open to you. And for some reason, we don't like to give our money to God. Some of you are uncomfortable right now because I'm saying, it's scriptural for you to tithe and give offerings, right? It is what it is. It's his word. But we struggle with this. So when we have it, we'll give a little extra. When we don't, right, our neighbor's in need. Uh, I should give him 20 bucks, but I don't really have it. Where are your finances? Are they the Lord's? All right, let's talk about the wine. This one is made with bourbon, too, just so you know. This can be representative of an addiction, right? I chose to bring something sealed and not hard alcohol and something the kids won't like. I'm just kidding, guys, just kidding. This could be an addiction. This is an addiction for a lot of people. Some of you are coming out of a place where you used to be addicted, and now you're free. But this often is self-medicating, right? Because there's pain underneath. There's something going on underneath. So we drink. We use drugs. We medicate ourselves. This is hard to give to God. Okay? So I'm put that here. Some of you, if you drink, and it's not hard, and it's not a problem, it could go here. Right? That's what I'm saying. You have to decide, and I'm just picking a basket. Along with addiction, drugs. Prescription drugs or non-prescription drugs. Legal or illegal. Right? This could be a soul issue. Anything that we put above God that we have to have. You guys, it could be watching pornography. It could be drugs or alcohol. It could be sex. It could be unhealthy relationships. It could be food, which is br- why I brought the cereal. Chris, it was hard to find something at my house that was unhealthy that wasn't opened. <laughs> I found this in the basement. <laughs> food can be an addiction, right? Some of us struggle with how much we eat, what we eat, how often we eat. And it plays with your mind, right? The enemy comes into the soul and messes with you. For one person, food's not an issue. For the next person, food is the issue, right? Where are you at with these things? Okay? 
And I get that some of us are on medicine. I'm not saying this is bad. I'm saying if it's an addiction, right, could be a problem. Could be a soul issue. Okay. Let's do this one. This is me and my man holding hands. I love to hold hands. It's one of my favorite things. Your marriage, if you're married, are you giving those problems to the Lord? Are you working them out? Or are you shoving them down? Are you acting out in the flesh? Are you wanting your way? Are you wanting control? Marriage is hard. With a good spouse or a bad spouse, it's biblical and it's beautiful and it's wonderful, but it also is very challenging. And this is something that you have to give to God. I'm going to put mine here because this is a good one. All right. COVID test. Who's taking a COVID test anytime recently? Like every week, right? I brought this to represent fear. Seems a little right with the last couple years. Fear of illness, fear of people, fear of germs. Fear of politics, fear of racism, fear, fear, fear in your freaking face. Fear, <laughs> right? Fear. Guys, we're, we're just berated with all the things we should be scared of. What if my kids don't serve God? What if my kids get sick? What if my husband doesn't make it? What if I lose my job? What if my 401k doesn't cash out and I can't retire? What if, what if, what if? Fear, fear, fear. We all have this one, maybe not with COVID, but we all battle fear. The enemy loves to mess with us in our soul with fear, right? So oftentimes what happens with this one is we give it to God, and then we watch the news. We're like, nope, too hard, right? And then we're like, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. I trust you. I believe in you. I have faith that this is going to work, and we're back over here. Yes, God. Yes, please. And then our kid does drugs. <laughs> our kid does something. I don't know. And we're like, ah, my kid. So hard. I'm taking control. <laughs> You're grounded. And I don't trust God. What am I doing? Right? And a lot of these things can go back and forth to yes, please, yes, Lord, to nope, no, thank you. I got this. Too hard. Right? This is a beautiful picture that Acacia, my daughter, painted. She's an awesome artist. She gave it to me for Christmas. This is me and this is her. And she gave it to me telling me, she says, Mom, thank you for always trying to protect me from this world we live in. I love you. And it's got a bubble around us. And this is the world that I do. I try to protect her from. Sometimes it works and sometimes it didn't work, huh? She's doing so good. So our talents and our gifts that God gives us, sometimes we use them for his glory, and sometimes we use them for our own benefit or our own glory. Or sometimes he, he gives us gifts and we're like, nope, I don't want to do that. I don't like to do accounting. I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking at Sarah. <laughs> I don't like to paint. I don't want to sing in front of people. I don't want to preach. When God called us to pastor, Many, many years ago, we were co-pastoring at a church, and we were perfectly fine with that. Pastor Al made all the big decisions. We supported him. We loved the people. And at the end of the day, it wasn't, like, on us, right? And then God called us to pastor, and I was like, no. 
I will do anything but that. Anything. And it's funny, Mark told the Lord the same thing as a teenager when he called him to ministry. And, Lord, and Mark was like, my dad was a minister. I'll do anything but that. Until he called us and we're like, yes, Lord. But our gifts and talents, right, sometimes we're like, sure. And sometimes we're like, too hard. Too hard. All right. We're going to save a couple light ones for the end. So we'll do a couple hard ones. This is Jack. Jack was my baby when I was little. I don't know why. He's very neutral. (laughs) Um, My kids also loved this baby when they found it. Jack today represents our childhood. Got real quiet, right? Even if we had good parents, childhood is hard. Things happen to us. We're exposed to things. You can all grow up. My mom, her three siblings, they all grew up in the same home, all came out with 100% different ideas of how they grew up. One said it was the best experience, had the best parents in the world. Another one was like, they were terrible. And another one went to a cult. (laughs) Literally. So childhood is hard, you guys, even with good parents. And a lot of us, we didn't have good parents. Maybe we didn't have parents at all. So this is hard. Right? Childhood, things that happen to us. Often this represents trauma. This represents neglect. This represents hurt, misunderstanding. Lots of things. Your mind has a whole list. You're like, oh yeah, I got 20 things, right? So I'm definitely going to put this one over here. Little Jack. Jack, you're good. Okay. This is another hard one. This is my dad. My dad just passed away last month. Grief, loss, it's hard, right? This is definitely one of those things by the minute. I'm good, I trust you. This is terrible, why'd you let it happen? Okay, I trust you. This sucks, I don't understand. Back and forth, and this can happen for years. But I want to encourage you. When you have things in this basket where you're like, nope, off limits, Lord. You can't do it. It's too big, too hard. At any moment, you can say, I trust you. I trust you. And he's not like, wow, you could have given that to me 10 years ago. (laughs) Right? What took you so long? He's like, I got you. I got you. Oh, I almost forgot KK's Letterman jacket. This one represents identity. Our, uh, for high schoolers, it might be our sports. It might be our choir. It might be our academics. It might be the group we hang out with. It might be lacrosse. It might be an art club. For adults, it's our degrees. It might be our certificates. It might be our job title. Well, I work at, my title is, I've earned, right? Success. Success isn't bad. But are we giving our success to the Lord and saying, have your way? Or are we like, this is mine. I did this. I earned this. 
right? Different attitude, right? KK would like it if I put that here. Okay. Just a couple more. This mirror speaks to self-image. That's a hard one, especially for us ladies. People are watching. What are we supposed to wear? What are we supposed to look like? What are we supposed to say? How clean is our house supposed to be? For men, keeping it all together. How much money do you make? What job do you have? Are you providing for your family? All the things, right? The self-reflection. This one's kind of a hard one. Stick that right there. All right. This one is the beautiful Herman family. Yay! This is a hard one to give to the Lord, our families. We love our people so much, right? We love them so much that we actually try to control them because we want to protect them. We want to save them. We want to help them. We don't want them to be in pain. We don't want them to hurt. We don't want them to struggle. And out of that place, we're putting ourselves in the shoes of the Lord. He's the only one who can save, heal, deliver, protect. And so this one, we constantly have to say, yes, Lord, I give you my family. I give you my dad. I give you my mom. I give you my siblings or my kids. For some of us, our family is our neighbor or a coworker, or just a friend that we've known for years and years, right? It might not be a blood family, but our people, our tribe, we love so much. This is a hard one to not accidentally, out of a good heart, leave it in this basket. Be like, I got it. I'm going to help you, right? Because I'm being careful with this photo. All right, last one. And obviously, there's a million other things that I could have grabbed from home. So you know what you struggle with. You know what your things are. This is for the guys. S on your chest. A lot of you guys, and women too, we want to save the world. We want to be the fixer. I actually got this for Mark for, I think it was a Father's Day. Let's see. Big. Try to save the world. Happy 40th birthday. Birthday. Because he does. He tries to protect us. He tries to save us. He fixes all the things. He does all the things. He puts oil in our cars. He takes care of the dog. You know, just all the things. And he has to remember that he can't do it all either. So sometimes that's great because he knows God is my strength. He's my provider. He's the one giving me all the things that I need. What comes in goes out. So God's coming in. God's coming out. And sometimes it gets overwhelming and S on the chest is on his chest, and he thinks it's the burden is on him. And we all feel that. You could be a teenage kid. It could be Logan. It could be Kira. It could be Tana. It could be any of us, gender or age, right, where we just feel like we have to do it, and it's so heavy. One of my favorite scriptures is, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. We're not supposed to carry it, you guys. Okay, that's all my props. Yay. So this was kind of an easy way to see with your eyes all the things and all the ways that we can surrender to the Lord and all the things. You guys, can you kind of get a visual now why our souls are just in that constant state of struggle? 
because there's so many things. And I want to encourage you today, you are good. God loves you. One of these things would just be like, and most of you, most of us, even teenagers, we're juggling a lot of those things. And our emotions are heavy, right? We've gone through divorces. We've gone through trauma. We've gone through struggle. We've lost a job. We can't find a job. We got COVID. We lost, I mean, on and on and on. But here's the key, you guys. Our soul is made to prosper. Say that. My soul is made to prosper. But it's not just going to prosper because you woke up in the morning. I wish it was. Your soul prospers by what? The word of God. The word of God, you guys. So each choice that we have moves us closer to the spirit or closer to the flesh each day. And like I said before, as you continue to choose his word, as you continue to listen to the spirit, you get closer and snuggled up under his arm a safe place and you build those spiritual muscles and the next time drugs come your way you're like I'm good because you're abiding in him the next time temptation to watch something the temptation to gossip comes you're like nope I'm good I'm gonna rest in his the safety of his arms Byron do you mind coming up thank you so friends take your finger point to yourself say I'm the only one I'm the only one who can make the decision to care for my soul. You're the only one. I tell my preschoolers, I'll say, take your finger, and they all go, I'm in charge of me, I'm not in charge of you, because they're so tired of me saying it. I'm in charge of me, I'm not in charge of you. Right? It's the same. I'm the only one who can care for my soul. As much as joy loves me, when I'm hurting, she brings me flowers. She bakes me casseroles. She calls me. She texts me. She cares for me. She wants to help me. But at the end of the day, it's an internal system, you guys. It's a very private, personal journey. She can support me. I can support you. But at the end of the day, take your finger. I'm the only one. I'm the only one who can care for my soul. And I'm so thankful that in this day and age, we are learning that it's okay to take care of our soul. You guys, this is not, soul care is not a new idea. It might be a new term, right? And it's kind of a new popular thing. All throughout scripture, since the beginning of Genesis, it talks about caring for your soul, body, mind, and spirit. You can feel safe in his arms. You can find safety. There's an analogy I'd like to use about a wound. I have a little owie here this week, so I'll use this. When you have a wound, this is very tiny, but if you had like a real wound, you'd bandage it, right? And if Debbie came too close to me, I'd kind of like do this, right? Just like, ooh, I don't want her to touch it because it hurts, right? And you guard it, you watch it, you care for it. That's what it's like with our soul. When we have something tender in there, somebody might mention a family you're like you kind of back up and put your guard up ah, ah, ow. don't talk about my family right when people start asking you questions 
about your dad that passed, or maybe a conversation at work, and you're like, maybe somebody's talking about some trauma that they went through, and it's triggering you, and you're like, oh, ow, that hurts. Just, just the thought of it, just the mental of going back to that trauma or that place or that time, right? We say, you can't touch this. You can't come near this. This is off limits, right? Well, the Lord would like to take off the bandage. He would like to heal those broken places. Would you stand with me this morning, please? I would love for you to just close your eyes. I'm going to read us a couple scriptures. And as I read them, I would like you to think, if it's overwhelming, just pick one. Maybe it's, Mom, you can stay in your seat. That's awesome. You stay right there. I want you to think of something that hurts, that your soul is battling with. If you have several things, great. Most of us, one thing's plenty to just kind of touch on this morning. As we read the scriptures, go ahead and close your eyes if you don't mind. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24. Now, may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, making you completely holy. And may your entire being, spirit, soul, and body, be kept completely flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. The one who calls you by name is trustworthy and thoroughly will complete his work in you. Romans 12, 1 through 2. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness, experiencing all the delights of his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the idols and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful, satisfying, and perfect in his eyes. Would you just lift your hands as we pray? Jesus, we come broken. We come needy. We come as we are. And the cool thing about that is that's exactly what you want. You want us to just come. So Lord, I know that things were stirred up this morning. Things were remembered. And we're feeling a little like we want to protect. But God, I thank you that as we read in your word, you know our thoughts. You know all the things that we've been through. There wasn't a moment in any of our lives where you weren't right there. And although we can't explain why it was allowed or why it happened, God, I thank you that you are the healer, the restorer of broken places, of broken things. You promise us that you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. 
God, we are asking as your people today, called by your name, born again into your spirit, that you would heal the broken hearts, that you would heal our broken bodies, our minds, and our emotions. God, I pray for deliverance of depression right now in the name of Jesus. We just break off anxiety that rules and reigns right now. We break it off right now in the name of Jesus, and we just speak your freedom. God, I thank you that right now you are delivering people of drugs, the addiction to drugs, the addiction to alcohol. God, right now in the spirit, by faith, we trust you that you can do it, that we are not alone, that we don't have to figure it out, that in you and by you and through you, all things are possible. God, we just speak over bodies, over sickness, over illness, and we declare your word that says, by your stripes, we are healed by the mighty name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. We just speak peace over minds, over emotions, over will. And God, we choose you. We say yes to you. Church, can you think about your basket that's off limits? And can you just take one of those things and give it to God? Can you visually picture it? And can you put it in your hands? And can you just say, all right, Lord, today's the day. I surrender it. I give it. I ask you to have it. He is the mender, the healer, the restorer, the counselor. Your good, good father. Lover of your soul, safe place, strong tower. Mighty God. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Rapha. He will not let you down. He is trustworthy. You can trust him with the hard things. Lord, I thank you that we don't have to carry these anymore. In Jesus' name.